What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another WWE on Fox Raw Roundup. Of course, I'm your host, Ryan Satin. I have a feeling you already knew that. But if you didn't know that, if you just happened to be clicking this for the first time, what's up? Welcome. I hope you enjoy the show. For those of you who are returning, what up as well? I hope you had a fabulous weekend. This was a great episode of Monday Night Raw. It really felt like things were happening. It feels like we are moving towards the Royal Rumble at a rapid pace, and things were picking up tonight. Lots to discuss. Lots of things to discuss. I think I just want to jump right into it. I don't need to keep teasing all of it because it's just like I'm not talking to anyone anyways. I'm just talking to you. I'm just catching up with you. I don't need to catch up with a co-host. But like I said, I hope you had a fantastic weekend. I hope you had the day off from work today. Yeah, well, if it's Monday when you're listening to this, it's probably late. But I hope you had the day off. Hope you had a good morning. I hope whatever time you're listening to this, I hope that you're in a good mood. If you're not, I feel you. I've been there. I get it. But it's going to be all right. Let's just get into Monday Night Raw. You don't need sappy stuff from me. I'm the emo kid over here who's tweeting sad song lyrics. Don't don't come to me for advice. But what you can come to me for is opinions about wrestling. Because those I have a lot of. And you're going to get a lot of them for the next 40 minutes. So buckle up. Monday Night Raw started with the Usos coming out first with Solo Sokoa. First, they talk about hoping Kevin Owens received their message last week on SmackDown, and then they announced that there would be an acknowledgement ceremony for Roman Reigns on next week's Raw with every generation of the bloodline present. We're going to get to that. Give me a sec. They also said they'll defend the Raw tag team titles against Judgment Day on the same show, which is Raw's 30th anniversary show. Big deal. That's going to be a good match. Looking forward to that one. This prompted an entrance from Judgment Day, who say they're going to bring the Raw tag titles back to Raw permanently. Now, this further uh, this furthers what I was saying on last week's show, on the SmackDown roundup, where I noted that both of these upcoming tag title matches that are being teased, well, now we have this one confirmed, uh, are for separate tag titles. They're not just for the undisputed tag titles. One's for the Raw, Raw tag team titles. One is for the SmackDown tag titles. And I do think it's an indication of the fact that at some point in the near future, those tag titles are being split up. That's just how I feel about that. And I feel like this further uh, reinforced my belief of what's going to happen soon with those tag team titles. Now, Damian Priest called out the Usos for claiming they run Monday, but had never even come to try and face them, didn't even knock on their door. Prison Dom says the Usos wouldn't last a minute with the prisoners he was in the pen with and called them wannabe essays. He also called out Solo and Solo got in his face, but then Rhea got between them. Dom cheap-shotted Solo, and a brawl broke out. Rhea then got face-to-face with Solo again, daring him to hit her. But Ali, who was in a match with Solo next, caught him off guard with a dive from the top rope. Now, we're going to get to that match, Mustafa Ali versus Solo Sokoa. But let's 
rewind a little bit. Rewind, Salinas. Rewind. Uh, let's go back. So, like I said, the Usos announced that there would be an acknowledgement ceremony for Roman Reigns on next week's show with every generation of the bloodline present on Raw's 30th anniversary show. Okay. This seems like it could be a big, big deal. This sounds like it could be a big deal because, ladies and gentlemen, Raw's 30th anniversary, every generation of the bloodline. Um, guys, uh, guys, uh, I think we know who is a big member of the Bloodline family tree. I think we all know everybody. And he's one of the most famous WWE superstars of all time, who has also who has also been a on Monday Night Raw a bajillion times. The Rock, dude. And the whole rumor, what everyone I shouldn't even say rumor. What everyone wants to happen is for The Rock to be in the Royal Rumble or set up a match with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. But this is for a, a, a few days before the Rumble. So if The Rock was going to be in the Royal Rumble, you'd think that this is the moment where he'd announce it or... Or he doesn't announce it, which I don't know. If you're going to have The Rock in the match, if The Rock's going to be in the Royal Rumble, you think you'd announce that ahead of the time before Cody. We're going to get there. Anyways, uh, so maybe something happens in this acknowledgement ceremony. This is what I think is going to happen. I think The Rock will not be there for this acknowledgement ceremony. And it's going to make Roman Reigns angry. And one of two things is going to happen. One is he's going to call out The Rock. This is just me guessing. Now don't. This is not what I'm saying is going to happen. This is what I'm guessing. This is where my head goes when I'm trying to analyze what I'm seeing on TV here. Because this could not lead to an appearance from The Rock at all. But I feel like when you're saying this, it's flashing it right in your face. So let's say this is a setup for The Rock. I feel like he doesn't show up at the acknowledgement ceremony. Roman talks mad crap. The Rock is a surprise entrant in the Rumble. No. no. I don't think... I don't know if I think The Rock's going to be in the Royal Rumble. Because I don't know. I think... I, I don't want to blow... I, I, I have a Royal Rumble preview show coming up, so I don't want to give all my opinions on the Royal Rumble here. You're going to have to wait for my Royal Rumble preview and prediction show that I'm doing with Roka. But just like as I'm thinking out loud, I'm trying to figure out, like, does The Rock show up here? Like, And he, he says, I, I don't acknowledge you and I'm entering the Royal Rumble. And then I'm going to take it to WrestleMania and Hollywood and show you who the real head of the table is. And you kick off just a massive... Massive program on Raw 30? That's enticing. Or does he not show up? Then Roman keeps talking crap about him. 
Sami Zayn somehow gets The Rock to show up. It makes Roman angry. You can go that route. Sami's the one that's... Or they beat up Sami and and, and The Rock helps him out instead of Kevin Owens. (sighs) There's so many options. But but I feel like... Because this is my brain. I just finished watching, so I don't have time to form exactly what I think is going to happen yet. But I just think that if you're throwing it in our face this much, every member, every generation is going to be there to acknowledge Roman Reigns. I mean, we all just, we, I, come on. Right? Come on. Hope you're in your car or washing the dishes or wherever, and you're shaking your head yes to me right now because I feel like that has to be where this is going. Um, and honestly, if it's not, it might be a big letdown since everyone's expecting now that it's almost like a tease without saying it that there's going to be some sort of rock thing, even if it's a video where he's like, sorry, I couldn't be there. I don't acknowledge you. I don't know, but there has to be something involving the rock with this. It's the raw 30th anniversary and they're talking about every generation of the bloodline being present. Come on. All right, let's move on before I just talk myself in circles trying to figure out what I think is going to happen. I'll do that offline, and I'll, t- I'll talk about it soon, I promise. Uh, well, we only have a week to wait for Raw 30. So after the break, like I said, we started that Mustafa Ali versus Solo Sokoa match. Solo had already taken control of this match. And it stayed that way for the most of the match. Uh, Mustafa Ali was on the verge of being counted on, uh, counted out when the Usos hopped the barricade to begin the celebration. Kevin Owens then came out and brawled with the Usos ringside. Ali then hit a tornado DDT out of nowhere and got a close near fall, but then missed a 450 and got hit with the Samoan spike to lose the match now. This victory did not last long as KO got in the ring and continued to beat up Solo Sokoa, then put him on the announce table, hoping to get revenge for SmackDown, but instead the Usos cut him off. The fight continued until backstage officials broke things up. Now, I liked this. I think if you've listened to me on the other roundups, I think I've talked about feeling like... um, like the feeling like the uh, the takeover or, you know, the, the, the hostile takeover stuff was kind of like doing the same thing too often. But there was something different about this. You know, uh, for those of you who don't follow them, uh, I'm going to pull up. I think it's Myth Gifts, but I want to make sure I'm saying the correct handle. It's at Myth Gifts on Twitter. And their, their account... They, they're, uh, this, this person describes themselves as a Sammy and Kevin historian. And they always do these threads where I'm just like, man, they are even better at analyzing the story of Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn than me, because they always find things where I'm like, I didn't even catch that. They're calling back to something from years ago, years ago. And, um, they pointed out how, in 2017, Sammy uh, was was enjoying to watch his old foe KO get destroyed by Shane McMahon in the Hell in a Cell match. But at the last second, he found himself leaping forward to save his enemy. And they have the gif of when Sammy saved Kevin after Shane tried to jump off the Hell in a Cell on top of him. And they show a shot 
of uh, of Sammy. They you know they show all the gifts with it and how basically you could see it was like the moment that Sammy's entire sense of self and you know his belief in himself began to collapse and and he realized he was changing as a person. And then they showed that similarly last week when Solo did the table bump against Kevin Owens on SmackDown. And this time Kevin wasn't, excuse me, Sammy did not save his friend. They showed a shot of him and it's literally the same position, same everything. But now it's because he's realizing once again, six years later, in this moment where he's not saving his friend and instead he's backing the Usos, he's once again realizing that his entire sense of self at the moment is collapsing and that maybe he has been on the wrong side. Maybe he should have been there for his friend. Maybe the Usos don't actually care for him. They interfered in his match. They weren't there to help him. They're using him. Maybe Sami Zayn has been lost in it this whole time, but I still think that this is further proof that Sami Zayn is going to be the one to turn on the bloodline. Turn face against the bloodline again. Now, why did I tell you all of that? Uh, first, I just thought you should know, because it's it's interesting. You should go follow them at Myth Gifts. They have good stuff on there. But, two, um, I just think that, like, so then, okay, now Sammy doesn't help his friends six years later. <laughs> and I there was just something about this where now Sammy's not there for some reason. Also, you know, back, you know, further reinforcing what I just talked about a little bit. And you could feel the rage inside of Kevin. It's almost like Kevin is mad because they're taking his friend. Uh, they're, they're, they're really just messing with everything that he cares about. And the one person who he could really, as much as they fought and who had always been there for him, but he just, you could just feel this rage in KO through the screen that just permeated through it, made you feel what Kevin Owens was feeling. You felt like he could believably take on all three of these guys because he was just, this just his whole insides were just, just pumping adrenaline the whole time. And you could see it on the screen. You could see the passion, the, the, the fire behind his eyes. And it really just... I, 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 it's not that I, I, I think Kevin Owens is one of my favorite wrestlers uh, currently, but it was just like a different level of anger within him that we don't see as much anymore. And it was harking back to kind of like the old Kevin Owens who would just like be filled with rage and not be kind of like tempering it down a little bit. And this is my favorite version of Kevin Owens, the guy who's almost like, uh, uh, I'm not, he's not Stone Cold esque, but, but that kind of type of just, Badass who wants to fight, and you know that's that's kind of what I got here from Kevin Owens. Next, another Cody Rhodes video package aired. I talked about his rehab from injury. Then uh, they show four months after the surgery, they show him back training in the Nightmare Factory, his training center, and they show him to be in tip-top shape again. And of course, finally, we get what we kind of had been thinking that these vignettes were going to lead to and that was Cody announcing that he's officially back at the Royal Rumble in the Royal Rumble match to once again resume his quest for the world title okay let me take a quick sip hold on hold on had a lot to say so far 
and we're not even that deep in the show, but I've had a lot to say. Um, so sorry, I needed that little, that little uh, sippy sip. Okay, flip side to this Cody announcement. Okay, so I want to play devil's advocate to myself here. Not long ago on this podcast, I was talking about, I I was asking. Because I genuinely was wondering, and if you listen to that clip, even though I have an opinion at the time, I was genuinely asking you all what you thought about Cody Rhodes and these vignettes very much telling you that he was going to return in the Rumble rather than it being a surprise. But like I said, I was asking you all, and you all answered. There was a lot of replies, and I read almost all of them, and I... I do believe that a lot of you did change my mind on the situation to some degree. Yes, I love a good Royal Rumble surprise, but you all made some good points. One, this was one of the most prevalent th- uh, things that I kept seeing, and and it was the fact that Cody's return at WrestleMania to WWE was very similar, where it was a surprise thing that everyone expected to happen so to redo that at the royal rumble would have almost been too much the same of what he did at royal rumble that was a good point that a lot of you made in the replies and you know in my mentions another one and it was what i mentioned in that clip was the fact that it's very reminiscent of triple h 2002 return and it might make his pop even bigger a lot of you said you feel the same way. And also, a lot of people said that they feel like because he's such a big name, that him being the announced name kind of like right at the front of all the participants in the match and possibly having a long run in the match rather than just being a surprise at number 30 will once again endear him in the eyes of the fans. So I understood all your points. Point taken. I'll, I'll I'll roll with you all on this. I've had time to think about it. Elias was interviewed after that by Byron Saxton and declared himself for the Royal Rumble. MVP is then shown leaving Adam Pierce's office and says to not bother Adam Pierce about being in the Royal Rumble because the winner of the match is already a done deal. Elias makes fun of this notion, insinuating MVP was talking about himself. Then MVP says that Elias can have a match with that person he was talking about tonight, and it's accepted. We'll get to that. Next, Street Profits versus Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. And as the match picked up, MVP once again got involved here. He walked to ringside, and his former Hurt Business teammates looked confused. So some whatever's going on here, no one in the old Hurt Business at this point appears to be in the know. That's just what's going on here. Uh, and then uh, MVP helped Shelton and Cedric, which allowed them to hit this like sick tandem move. But it wasn't enough, and Dawkins reversed a pin to get the win himself for the Street Profits. And after the match, Cedric and Shelton appeared to be angry with MVP afterwards. So, I, like I said, I, I all I got really from this, one, I'm happy that we're getting more of Shelton and Cedric. But two... I it, whatever is happening here, I think it's a running theme until the end of the show. I don't think Bobby Lashley, Shelton Benjamin, and Cedric Alexander are involved in whatever MVP is cooking up here and trying to reform the Hurt Business. Then Judgment Day were interviewed by Kathy Kelly 
but they got interrupted by Alpha Academy. Fun little back and forth here. Dominic once again talking about uh, what would be done to other people in jail. And I'm starting to worry something inappropriate happened to him in there. A lot of projecting going on with how much he talks about it. A lot of deflecting maybe. I don't know. All right, let's get back into this. Becky Lynch made her entrance through the crowd. She called out Bailey, tells Bailey she peaked in 2015. Bailey comes uh Bailey comes out. Uh Bailey says that Becky's call-up spot should have been hers back then, and everything that's happened to her since should have happened to Bailey. Becky says no to that and reminds Bailey that she was just another body when she was called up. Bailey stayed in NXT, however, to get her own spotlight. But Becky worked harder than everyone else and rode it all the way to the main event of WrestleMania. Becky says, when Bailey isn't the focal point, she just whines and blames everyone else. But in reality, it's her own fault. Bailey says the only reason Becky became the man is because she got punched in the face by another woman, which causes Becky to challenge Bailey to a steel cage match. Next week on Raw 30. This was very good. I really enjoyed this. If you watched NXT in that time period, you'll appreciate this whole thing. If not, hmm, you might have been a little lost. A little bit. By this point, I think most people are aware of the history of the Four Horsewomen. But I think, you know, sometimes I think about like someone like my dad. And whether he would follow what is really, like, the subtext of what they're actually referring to here. And I'm not sure my dad would really have, like, been deeply invested in that. But for for the fans who have been watching, who, who did care about all of that then, who have followed the Four Horsewomen's career, which is probably, probably a lot at this point. It was very entertaining. Like I said, I really enjoyed it. I'm someone who has followed the whole Four Horse Women's story from beginning to now. I'm someone who watched NXT at that time period. I, I, I enjoy the, the history being woven in because I like when you blend reality and fiction. So for me, I really enjoyed this. I thought they were both putting out you know good quality lines towards each other. I felt like Becky... Maybe got the the better of this one. Um, But I'm kind of surprised that these two haven't been confirmed for the Royal Rumble yet. Um, We've only got like four, you know, of this rating. There's only been like, I think, four women announced for the Royal Rumble. Um, So hopefully it gets announced before or after the Steel Cage match next week. Because much like Cody got announced beforehand... I think the Women's Royal Rumble needs maybe like a little bit of star name power attached to it. And that's not to diss the four women who are already involved whatsoever. But I think that like, I feel like by the end of Raw, we had like 10 people now confirmed for the Royal Rumble on the men's side. And not as many (laughs) or anywhere near that on the women's side. Maybe I feel like even more than 10. I feel like maybe like 15 or something like that. Um, And not as many on the women's side. So, um... I'm thinking. I don't think that these two are going to be in another match a few days later after the cage match, like a singles match between each other. You'd think that this whole feud has to kind of been building up towards the women's Royal Rumble because it's been one of the, 
you know, it's been the main women's feud and there's no title attached to it. You'd think both women want that main event of WrestleMania spot. Uh, so I know that we're all probably just assuming they're going to be in the match. But like I said, we were all assuming Cody was going to be in the match too, and that would have been an actual surprise. So um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure out which way to go here. I just think that they should have been announced by now um, so that we know they're going to be in the match and we know that this is like a feud of people that are gunning towards the Royal Rumble. Maybe that's just me, but I regardless – Really enjoyed this segment because I'm the guy who was watching NXT back then. I'm the one who enjoys the Four Horsewomen, uh, who has been a huge fan of theirs. So, uh, where I was a huge fan of all theirs. <laughs> uh, Ali approaches Dolph Ziggler after this while he's warming up. I'm speaking of warm. We got a sip here. My, I can hear my voice. Oh, excuse me. Um, Mustafa Ali keeps calling Dolph out for getting more opportunities than him. But Dolph says he doesn't have time for this. So Ali hits him in the back of the head, as one does when they say they don't have time for you. And someone tells you that, I, th I say fair game. <laughs> don't take that advice. If there's one thing you've, <laughs> there's one thing I can tell you from today's episode is don't take any of my advice when it comes to real life related things, except for subscribing to the podcast, following WWE on Fox, listening to the Rod Smackdown roundups, listening to the Royal Rumble prediction show when we put it out. Those are things you should listen to me on, but when it comes to real life advice, just just ignore me today. Just ignore me today. I'm a mess. I'm all over the place. I I had a very long weekend. I had a friend's baby shower, went to Disneyland the next day. Uh it was raining at some point at Disneyland. Uh, didn't get home till late. Had to wake up early, pick up my dogs, get to the studio to record the next out of character. It's been a lot, guys. That's why my voice needs these sippies of water. So please just understand me. But all that being said, someone hits you in the back of the head. You're going to want to, excuse me, if someone says they don't have time for you, you're going to want to hit them in the back of the head. The bigger take from this, though, is not how tired I am. The bigger take here is it, this seems like a heel turn for Ali. And I get it. It actually makes a lot of sense. His character has been getting tossed around, disrespected, beaten up, not getting opportunities. You know, he's had a rough go these past few months, his character. And I don't think that those constant beatdowns were really getting people on his side. I think that what they were doing is helping other people out. But now I, I would like to see a sustained push for Mustafa, for Mustafa Ali. So I hope that that's what this signifies. I'd like him to get some more screen time. The guy is great on the microphone. He kills it. I hope this means he's getting more time as a heel character. We'll have to wait and see, though. We'll see where that goes. Elias comes out for his match next. Then MVP, who introduces the supposed 2023 Royal Rumble winner, a returning Amos. While on the outside of the ring at one point, MVP stopped Elias with his cane. Then Elias got his guitar, but almost took him down, then broke the guitar. Elias tried to fight back at this point with three jumping knees to the face. But Amos brushed it up, 
brushed it off, brushed it off, and hit his finisher directly after for the win. My biggest confusion here was why not save Amos for the Royal Rumble? Could a possible Hurt Business reunion be happening sooner, maybe? It kind of feels like it may happen without MVP this time, based on how the former guys are reacting to his presence. But I got to say, they keep pulling away some of these potential surprises or returns at the Rumble, and it makes me wonder if something is big planning. It, it's, that wasn't even English. It makes me wonder if something if something big is being planned for the Royal Rumble. Cody's not a surprise. Moss isn't a surprise. Um, those are two things that you know would have made headlines to some degree. You know, one bigger than the other. Uh, but well, headline wise, not size wise. But um, yeah, I was just kind of surprised to see Moss being brought back before the Rumble. That could have just been a part of the Rumble, which makes you wonder. Well, uh, uh, I'm going to hold that thought because I'm going to finish it after the main event. Next, Adam Pierce is interviewed with Byron Saxton to promote Raw 30. Pierce says it'll be one of the biggest Monday Night Raws of all time. He then gets interrupted by Akira Tozawa, who says he wants a spot in the Royal Rumble and asks for a qualifying match. Pierce says he can't do that, but if he wins tonight, it'll help his case. We'll follow up on that in a little bit. Alpha Academy versus Judgment Day. Damian Priest and Dominic for this one. Otis, uh, you know, the fact that Otis keeps bringing the Caterpillar back has me wondering if Alpha Academy are slowly shifting to be a face team now. Because they do get big reactions. Uh, People, even with him healing it up, people do like Chad Gable. I could see that happening. Yeah, I could see that happening. I guess they might just shift somewhere in between. They're kind of tweener, can kind of play either way. Um, But I felt like when I was watching this, a lot of times I don't like heel versus heel matches because you're like, who am I rooting for here? But I didn't feel that way. I was like, oh, you're rooting for Alpha Academy as if you have to look at bad guys or good guys. And, you know... I'm not cheering, quote-unquote, for Dominic, but Dominic's one of the highlights of Raw right now with this character that he's doing. It's so hilarious to me. Um, So I guess both have things that you're kind of... uh, that you enjoy as a fan, even though they're kind of both heels. So I was looking at it from that lens of like, well, who is the heel? Who is the face here? And I know what you're going to say, Ryan. It's 2023. Shades of Grey. Fine. The finish saw Chad Gable... Hit the Chaos Theory on Priest, then lock an ankle lock on Dom. But Priest snuck a South of Heaven choke slam on Gable while the ref wasn't looking, and Dom got the pin. Next, EO Sky versus Mia Yim with Candice LeRae. Corey calling Mia Yim a cosplay. Dominic Mysterio cracked me up. And honestly, like this was a low-key banger for the amount of time they had. They busted out. A lot of cool spots and maximized their time with a match where, honestly, either one could have believably come out on top. You know, Mia Yim eventually won with the, with the Eat defeat after some help from Candice LeRae. But I was thinking to myself when this match was over, like, God, if they could 
get even more time, you know, from after a prolonged feud, I feel like that would be a badass match because really, like, it was good. You know, it wasn't long. Obviously, it wasn't long. Um, But I really do think, you know, when someone only has a short amount of time, they're limited in the canvas that they can paint on. And when they impress you in that short, small space that they have, that's how you know there's talent there. And I want to see now, at some point, I want to see them be able to paint that picture on an even bigger canvas. Because if they could tell an even longer story from beginning to end, or given the opportunity to tell a story from you know beginning to end for an even longer amount of time, that match is going to rule. Because this match was good. This match was really entertaining. There was some real in-ring chemistry between these two, and I want to see more of it. Bianca Belair came out after that to address the beatdown. You know what? You know what? I'm trying to think. Was there a longer one in NXT now that I'm not thinking about it? I'm like, as I said all that, okay, they had a, they had a match in NXT too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Duh. Duh. I remember that match now. That was a good match. That was a good match. But I want to see even more now. Time has passed. I want to see more. Uh, next, Bianca Belair came out after that to address the beatdown from Alexa Bliss. She said there's nothing Alexa can do to stop her. And that she'll keep coming back again and again and again. Alexa Bliss then came out and reiterated what she said last week about Bianca fearing her. Before she can lay out a challenge, though, Bianca makes one herself, challenging Alexa to a Raw Women's title match at the Royal Rumble, which gets accepted. A brawl breaks out between them, and they eventually end up in the crowd. And as this brawl was happening, all I could think to myself was, man, getting beat up by Bianca Belair looks like it would hurt so much. She somehow gets more jacked day by day i was looking at those arms thinking man how are they even bigger than they used to be like she is just so buff and she's done you know she's doing these she did that that i don't know if she's continuing to do them but she did that bodybuilding competition and since then it's just like the 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 physique is just like insane from like just a purely just like man how can someone look that strong already and then somehow get even stronger? Like, man, just I wish I had that dedication <laughs> to looking buff because, man, she just looks like a freaking superhero when you see her. It was like a like She-Hulk buff. It was just, man, she just looked so buff. Uh, anyways, uh, Bianca sets up two chairs. To hit her finisher, but then Bray's blue door appears in the are- in one of the arena tunnels, and Uncle Howdy distracts Bianca, which allowed Alexa to take her down. Howdy then bows to Alexa, looks like for helping her, and then Alexa stares at Bianca as the show goes to a commercial. Now, um, I liked this. I actually thought it looked really cool. It was interesting to have it in the crowd. I think that when it has the appearance of something that can just 
mystically appear anywhere like that. That's pretty cool. It was a cool effect. I'm surprised. I should say I'm surprised, but I would like to know how they, you know, just, you know, I know they had it blocked off or whatever, but it was just still, it was, it was cool the way it was done because you didn't, you saw them walking by it or you, you know, you saw them in the crowd and I don't think you expected Uncle Howdy to appear in the crowd himself like that as just, you know, from the blue door. The fact that that blue door can just pop up anywhere, definitely cool to me. I know I've said in the past that I want some, uh, Something further, something to further this story along a little bit at the Royal Rumble. I want to know. I need something substantial to happen at the Royal Rumble between Bray and LA Knight. I need a furthering of this story that's a little bit more substantial. But I'm holding off until we get there. I've had other people who who agree with what I'm saying about this. That it would be nice to get a little furthering. However, just from this alone, I thought... Bianca looked like a superstar until the end of this, and the the special effects did look cool. So I was impressed with this. I was impressed, okay? Uh, Akira Tozawa versus Bronson Reed happened after that. Bronson dominated this one from the start. He also had a cool spot where he did a rolling senton-like move that got a big reaction out of me. looked very cool. Tozawa tried to fight back. But while attempting a rolling senton of his own to the outside, Reed caught him and powerbombed him into the barricade. Then he hit a running shoulder tackle that looked brutal before landing a splash from the top rope for the win. Poor Akira Tozawa. Sorry, buddy. Bronson Reed looking like an absolute monster here, though. And Akira Tozawa getting the crowd more and more on his side as each, as each week passes. Lastly, we got here to the main event. Well, first, Seth Rollins hyped the main event. Six-pack challenge. Says he's going to take back his U.S. championship at Raw 30 and then win the Rumble and go to Mania to defeat Roman Reigns. Did that happen? Well, Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor versus The Miz versus Dolph Ziggler versus Bobby Lashley versus Baron Corbin. Six-pack challenge to earn a U.S. title shot on Raw 30 next week. Dolph hit a fame-asser on Lashley early on, and then Miz immediately hit the skull-crushing finale, but Lashley kicked out like a boss. Miz got the figure four on Dolph moments later, but Ziggler reversed it, which opened Miz up to a stomp from Rollins, making him the first elimination in the match. Dolph then went on a roll for a little bit, hitting moves on Lashley and Balor, but that opened him up to a pedigree from Rollins, making Ziggler next to be eliminated after that. Later in the match, Lashley was setting up Balor for the Hurt Lock, but Amos, an MVP, came out, which distracted Bobby, and he got taken down. Balor then hit a coup de gras on Lashley, but Rollins immediately hit another stomp on Finn to eliminate Balor. The next elimination came after Lashley hit a spear on Corbin to get the pinfall, making Bobby and Seth the final two competitors. And at this point, Lashley yelled at Amos, an MVP, saying he told them to stay out of his business. But Theory blindsided him with a title shot. Theory and Amos got into it, and Amos draped himself over the announce desk while, excuse me, um, uh, while Theory draped Amos over the announce desk, and Rollins hit another stomp on him. Last, in the end, 
This match finished with Lashley and Rollins left in the ring. And Lashley hit a spear on Seth to win the match and earn a U.S. title shot next week. Okay. Do you think it's possible that next week is the Hurt Business reforming in some fashion, but with different people? Could that possibly be it? Maybe Lashley stays as part of the group. I don't know. I just think that bringing Amos in does make me think that something might happen before the Royal Rumble. Because I thought... I thought maybe it would happen at the Royal Rumble. But... Hmm. I don't know. Here's another question I have. If the Hurt Business were to reunite, where does Amos stand, do you think? I know I've kind of talked about it on here before, but now seeing this, I kind of thought that he wasn't going to be involved in all of this. But now it does seem like he is going to be involved in this. And I keep trying to figure out how he plays in, how he factors in. Does he become part of the group? Do they all team up on him together to reunite? And then that's how they reunite with MVP? I can't figure out what I think, to be completely honest with you. I'm not entirely sure. I do... I'm trying to formulate an opinion here. And I'm running low on gas. But I think... (laughs) I think the answer to that is I am going to tell you on my Royal Rumble prediction show. Because I do think it's going to factor into the Royal Rumble. And I need another, like, now that Amos has come back and it didn't happen in the Royal Rumble, I had a vision of what I thought was going to (laughs) happen. And this threw a massive wrench into it. So let me refocus. I got a few hours I'm recording that. It's going to take some editing. It won't be out till next week. And that's when you'll hear exactly what I think on this topic with a more formulated opinion with a little bit more sleep. With a little bit more sleep and a, 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 a more active brain. Because I think, I don't think I have it yet. I need to take a shower. I need to think about it deeply. Zen out, guys, and then I'll get back to you in the Royal Rumble prediction show. Until then, we got out of character on Wednesday. That's going to be a great one. Oh, I'm so excited for you to listen to that one. It's a really good episode. So make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel if you'd prefer to watch it. It's going to be a good one. I promise you that. Uh, very fun conversation with an absolute legend of the industry. There's your tease. Um, But go to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. Go subscribe. That's where you can find Add a Character every week. That's where you can find clips from Raw and SmackDown. There's reels from from this show. There's reels from Add a Character. There's reels from WWE content. So go subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. Also, Make sure you're following us on social media at WWE on Fox across the board. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Go follow us. All right. 
I did it. I did it, everyone. I hope you're proud of me. I got through this. <laughs> I think you can hear my voice that I, I, these last few minutes, I started to lose my voice. I'm going to rest it. We'll talk soon. We will talk very, very soon. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been another Raw Roundup.